Jesus, we consecrate podcasting to you. We consecrate our studio this morning, consecrate our lives. We consecrate to you our hearts. We consecrate to you our minds. We consecrate to you our conversation. And we pray that you would come and reign, come and rule, come and fill. We bring the kingdom of God over our lives here, our conversation, the studio, in the kingdom of God over the equipment and all that is captured here in the authority of Jesus. And we pray, Holy Spirit, come and quicken our thoughts, quicken our hearts, our recollection. Dial us into you, God. Dial us into you, Spirit of God. Come and fill our conversation today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thought we would let you listen in on that. Listeners, welcome to the Ransom Heart Podcast. I'm John Eldridge and wearing a down jacket in the studio today. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Ransom Heart Icebox. It's freezing in here. Uh, With me today, Alex Burton and Alan Arnold on our team and yeah, just thought you don't get to hear some of the prep that goes into uh, what we do when we come up into our little icebox <laughs> and record. Um, it's not always freezing in here, but it's like 12 outside today and nobody turned the heat on in, in the building here upstairs. So, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> A feeling diminishment here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not diminishment. I'm just okay. man- management okay. through shame. Okay. Yes. Uh, hey, just respecting the rules. Beck, Beck likes to uh, save a little money. That's right. <laughs> he does. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, when when Brad, our uh, VP, is not here, people run around and turn the heat up. Yep. <laughs> and then when Brad's here, he runs around and turns it down. So Way down. We wanted to have a conversation that we thought would be super helpful to you Um around the category of asking Jesus to speak into an event, um, a trip, a conversation, speak into something ahead of time. Like, um, I'm pretty sure it was Eisenhower who said, before battle, planning is everything, but once battle ensues, war is chaos. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, when you're in the thick of it, whether it's a family vacation or visit, or it's a conversation with your teenager that you've been wanting to have, or, you know, once you're in it, it's pretty hard to, yeah. to hear what God's doing. Um, mm-hmm. Or or at least it's sure easier to hear ahead of time before you kind of get into the smoke and dust of all that. So over the years, we've cultivated a practice in our own lives. And then as a team at Ransomed Heart, of asking God for what we call advance words, words in advance, counsel, direction. Sometimes it's encouragement. Sometimes it's warning. Sometimes um, it's simply a theme that he'll speak over something like love or mercy. And this has been so helpful to us. In fact, the, the reason the conversation came up, we did a boot camp in January and it was our first boot camp after Craig's transition into the kingdom. And it was right. this is a big, big yes. deal for us. You know, this, mm-hmm. 
Our buddy's been on every single boot camp we've ever done, you know, since the beginning back yeah. in 2001. Mm -hmm. And we just knew going in, we need some counsel. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus, speak into that. So I want to start with that story, but then branch out into other ways that it, it's been working in our lives. What, what did he speak over the weekend? What was helpful? Because, man, it was sure helpful. Yeah, John, when I first came to Ransom Heart, this this was a revolutionary concept. The idea that you could actually sit down with God and and hear it in advance what he's saying about something coming up. And um it's been really helpful to me in my life. And um with this event in particular, you're right, John, we, you know, coming into it like we just came off uh, a long season of grieving and healing, and 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 it was really a protected experience and time for all of us. Yeah. And so to come back into uh, mission where there there's some things at stake, and you're you're dealing with 450 men, and you don't you don't know what you're going to get. Yep. You know, and and so we desperately needed to hear from God on this one, and. The advanced word that I think really, really carried me through the weekend in a lot of ways um, that that we heard, I shared it with the team on the day that we all got together to pray through advanced words yeah. and try to hear from God on that. But the advanced word actually came a, a couple of weeks before that meeting. Actually, came through our our lead intercessor here at Ransom Heart. She had reached out to me with an email and just said, "Hey, I've been been praying over mm -hmm. this boot camp and right. praying for you specifically and and the team. And as I've been praying, I feel like God is saying this boot camp is not without Craig, but it's with God. Mm, and she yes. she even put the words without in capital letters and then with in capital letters. And oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that." That was a way point for me through throughout mm. e even even the prep beforehand coming into the event, but then especially going in to the event. Mm. You know, every time my heart began to um, kind of go go to a place of grief and sadness over because there's just all those moments where you know. Our briefing, Craig's not there. Oh gosh, yes. You know our uh, all those milestones. Yeah, right? the, you know driving right, up. Right, Craig right. wasn't in the truck. Yeah, you know, consecration. All, so yeah. just all those times where you know, of course, you're gonna. That's that's what's gonna hit you, and you're gonna you remember that. But but God really wanted mm. us to be on mission. There were 373 guys who had never. Been to a Wild at Heart boot camp before that were there, wow. yeah. and that was important. And it was important for us to be wholehearted and, and engaged for those men. Every time that those grief moments came up, mm -hmm. it, that advance word was right there at the surface, mm -hmm. and and my eyes would just immediately turn to God, and it just became this prayer within me of, okay, God, I, I give you the grief and. And I'm doing this with you, and it's you and me. Yeah, and and that was just incredibly helpful mm. throughout the weekend. What I love about that too is, before I came to Ransomed Heart, my perspective was always, well, 
you go through something and then you come to God after and and right. he kind of picks up the pieces like <laughs> God help me this was a disaster <laughs> what was that <laughs> right like or interpret this because yes I just yeah. ran off the cliff well yeah. yeah this turns that on its head yeah and of course God's there after something but this the advance words are like what any good father would want to give to a son mm-hmm. right it's right. it's hey here's what to pack or here's what not to do or bring or how to step in mm-hmm. and. John and Alex, yeah, I'd never heard of that before mm-hmm. Ransomed Heart, but it changes everything mm-hmm. because because you walk into something not trying to strive or not trying to figure everything out, but you actually already know a general theme or, or what to watch out for. Yeah, not a, not everything, right? But you've got right. a, you've got a couple key things, right? So that was big at boot camp too, and we did. I think we did that really well. We did mm-hmm. go with God mm-hmm. and. It, then all of a sudden, things about Craig could be sweet memories, but we were on mission, right. and we were with God. Mm-hmm. And it and it didn't take anyone on the team out, nor did it cause us to go down rabbit trails with the guys there who loved Craig and wanted to respect him in different ways. But mm-hmm. we were able to go with God, I think, in a real strength. Yeah, it was huge, huge, huge. Because one of the other advanced words was a warning against false grief. Mm-hmm. The enemy knows your vulnerable places. He know he knows us. He reads our mail. He's he is a longtime student of human nature. And he doesn't necessarily know everything that's going on inside of you, but he can read human beings pretty well. And and he knows most of your story. And so he knows what works. And he knows we're coming into this one pretty tender, right? I mean, my gosh, this is right. this is big. It was mm-hmm. it was a major milestone in our journey with our buddy and uh, to do our first big event without him and and Jesus warned uh, against false grief mm-hmm. and um, one of his other words was no looking back mm-hmm. not this yes. weekend mm-hmm. now that doesn't mean we stuff it that doesn't mean you know we're in denial that doesn't mean we're just toughing it up right we we have had a long and very intentional process very intentional process. Right. Of, our hearts and loss and crag. And so coming into a mission where there's a great deal of spiritual warfare flying, where there's a lot of emotion going on and, and you know, men are diving deep into the brokenness of their lives and lots is happening, lots and lots. Jesus is saying, hey, in, in this moment, this is not the time to start taking trips down memory lane. You know, right. yeah. you're going to get taken out. It's, that's too vulnerable. So he said, "Tuck that into me." Yeah, it was some. There was some word like that about keep it personal. Keep yeah, it. Keep, keep it, it personal. Right. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not denial. It was keep it personal. Keep it tight in Jesus, and on on mission, no looking back, and a heads up to false grief. And and what was astounding, what is absolutely miraculous and astounding, was how phenomenal the entire team did. Right. I mean, there's there's no explanation for that. Right. Right. Everyone was in the trim. Everyone lived well. Everyone fulfilled their part, their role. You know, high stress, high pressure, lots on the line, as you were saying, and it went incredibly well. Yeah. Only God. Only with God. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there's no. We're other. not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's cool is. That was on mission, so huge stakes, 
Mm. We're going into something. We're praying in Mm. advance. But also, this has been a phenomenal rescue for me on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Like before I get out of bed, Mm -hmm. every morning, I'll try to take, I don't know, a minute and just Mm -hmm. lay there as I wake up and say, Father, what do you you have for me today? Mm -hmm. So the the passage we want to put in front of you, I I love this story, and I've quoted it in other uh, circumstances, but I, I want to quote it again because... It's just amazing. So David has become king of Israel, and the Philistines are furious about that, and um, they sense that he's going to be a genuine king and unite the nation and and uh, solidify Israel as legitimate military presence. And so, in Second Samuel five, it says uh, in verse seventeen, the story begins when the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king, they went up in full force to search for him. But David heard about it and went down to the stronghold. Now, the Philistines had come and spread out in this particular valley, Rephaim. So, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up and attack the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? Hmm. The Lord answered him, go, for I will surely hand the Philistines over to you. And so, David goes up and Israel has um, this huge victory there. Now, what's amazing is Two verses later, like the same narrative flow, like tight, it's one story, not two stories, which I love about this. Two verses later, it says, once more, the Philistines came up and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And it's like, (laughs) exact same thing. Okay. But listen, David doesn't just assume, oh, this is exactly like last time. Uh, It says, so, verse 23, David inquired of the Lord again. And this time God says, yeah, no, don't go straight up, but circle around behind them and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, move quickly, because that will mean the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the Philistine army. So David did as the Lord commanded him, and he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. So massive route, huge victory, but a very, very different yeah. part mm. two, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so counterintuitive to human nature. Yep, you know. Oh, so true. Like in that story, that is our human nature. Like if I was David, and God had said, "Yeah, go march up and take them," and then it happened again, I don't know that I would have asked the second time. Right? Yeah. And, you just think it's a redo. Right. Here we go again. Right. We got because, the formula. Yep. Yep. Because we're, we we do. We just, like you said, Alan, we just gravitate toward a formula. Yeah. And, and even in, when we're trying to ro- walk well, you even, know. And even a godly God. one. Right. right. I mean, yeah. they did ask and it did right. work. So yep. why wouldn't that work again? Right. You know. Right. It's not disobedience. Yeah. I think to me that symbolizes the difference between though, just information and relationship. Yeah. If you ask once and get information, you're good, you think. But if it's relationship, then it's a continual follow me, follow mm. me, ask me. Mm. And and there is no formula mm. ever with right. God. Yeah. Right. This is um not just something that we do uh for ransomed heart, you know, missions and and we do it every mission overseas, here in the US, large, small. We, we always ask now for advance words before we get into the 
the smoke of battle. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do it a week ahead, do it two weeks ahead, you know. And it's just, it's been a lifesaver. And, you know, we could tell a hundred stories on that front. But Alex, Alan, as you guys were both saying earlier, like this has also become huge for us just personally in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. I remember a story that I can tell now <laughs> <laughs> because it has a happy ending. Our middle son, Blaine, is a, is a very free spirit and um, love it. Love that about him. He walks with God. And he was living up in Washington State a year after college. And we were just in that stage of parenting where we didn't hear from him much, you know, kind of only when there was a need or whatever. But most of his day-to-day life, we didn't know what was going on. And that was fine. Like, that's, yep, cut the apron strings and let them become adults. And we're not going to hover, you know. But basically, we didn't have a lot of data on his day-to-day life. And the phone call we get is he is, um, we know about grad school. He's been accepted to the University of British Columbia and he's going off to grad school in Canada. And um, But the phone call we get is, hey, there's this girl and we're thinking about getting married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and yeah. We're like- And what's her name? Yeah. <laughs> like, What? You know, we literally have never met her. Wow. And uh, all that stuff that goes on as a parent that you've just got to immediately filter through God, you know, Mm -hmm. okay, Jesus, like, come into this, help me navigate this. And Blaine actually said, I'd like to come down. I want to talk to you guys about this, you know, so he came home for a weekend and we got to hear a little bit more of the story and the story of their relationship, which up to this point we hadn't heard. Mm. But this relationship had been going on for a while. We just didn't know about it. And classic young men fashion, right? And then he said, would you please come up and meet her? I want you to come to town. And and we're like, yep, like literally the next weekend, we are on a flight. And, you know, there's a lot of emotion around this. This yeah. really yanks a parent's chain. And, right. And, uh, you know, you're feeling all those different things of blown off, right? Like, why weren't we included in this mm-hmm. sooner? And feeling massive concern like wait a second this is way too fat hang on hang on hang on you know we're and 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 papa bear now is you know i've got some thoughts about this right mm-hmm. and we're going up to put the brakes on this thing and uh as we're flying in i remember oh i better ask jesus for some for some counsel over mm-hmm. this and and he says get on board mm-hmm. And, wow. and and it was so clear. It was so clear. And it was definitely not me. Like, I'm not making this up, right? Because I would never have said that, you know? <laughs> right. He says, get on board. And Stacy was praying and she heard something very similar. Yeah. And so it was a it was a massive rescue because everyone else in their world was against it. And they mm-hmm. were saying, Whoa, 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 it's too fast. This just can't be God. Mm. And they were very hurt. By that, because Blaine and Emily walk very closely with God, and she was actually living with their pastor and his family, and his pastor was involved, and they walk with God, and so God was in it. Mm. We just hadn't heard a lot of that story, and we could have gone in there offended, right, and upset, yep. and defensive, and to be honest, controlling, yeah, and making all sorts of agreements, all sorts of agreements, yeah. 
and, and tanked it. We could have blown up the relationship for a long time, frankly. But Jesus rescued us on the flight in. We're, liter- we're literally coming in for the landing before I even remembered to ask. And I'm like, ooh, right, uh, Jesus, what's your counsel? <laughs> and he says, wow. get on board. Mm. And, and so, we completely changed our plan. Mm. We got on board. As soon as we met her, we fell in love with her, and, and God was all over it and in it. So, I know not every story goes like that, but the point is asking. The point is right. the rescue. We would have done something that would have hurt the relationship for a long time had we not asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I know uh, I had a great experience with some advanced words in fall, and it was a trip that I was making to see my mom and stepdad, and they live in the same house I grew up in as a young boy. Which is so loaded. So loaded. Can, can we right. just all remember how loaded that is? <laughs> right. Well, and my room hasn't changed much oh, since geez. junior high. So they're loving, loving people. I love my mom and stepdad. But also, she operates often out of fear and uh, sees me as a seven-year-old boy. And so it, there is kryptonite when I go home. So as I was preparing for that trip, looking to God for for words, but kind of thought I already knew, which was I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna go in strength. Like I'm armoring up. And if she addresses me like, you know, my little boy or whatever the phrase is or whatever the situation is, man, I'm going in, you know. <laughs> and, and so that was a picture in my mind was armor up. And God said, go in love. And it was this disruptive moment because of course, I love her, and I want to be kind, but this was different. This was this was armor up in my love. Like, mm. my love is your strength, your sword, mm. your shield. Mm. And so, I didn't fully know what that meant, but mm. I, I knew that was from God. So, we go on this trip, and it was such a rescue because literally every probably couple of hours, there would be something, well, the first day we got there, the shower flooded the bathroom. And so that really like disrupts my my mom and the atmosphere becomes, we have to call a repairman and everything's wrong. And Alan, just get out of the way and we'll get this done because you don't know how to do this. And, and that's kind of her operating procedure. And I was able to just, instead of pushing back or being offended, yeah. just to go, hey, it's okay. I've got this. Like I can fix this. I know what to do. And there was a calm, and it shifted, the love shifted this atmosphere of fear yeah. and of offense yeah. to just a calm. And it, of defensiveness mm-hmm. on right. your part. Right. Right. Or diminishment, or yeah. it, it, was, it was such a rescue. And there were seven or eight ways in just a couple of days that rescue came. And when Kelly and I were leaving with our family from my mom's place, I was. I just looked at her as we left the driveway, and I said, "This is this is so awesome because I'm not leaving exhausted, or it wasn't a grip my teeth and just hang on and kind of white knuckle it through those right. times. Like I left energized mm. and I left mm. in just full of love. And so that was just one example. But when mm. you hear those words, even if it seems counterintuitive or unclear, hang on to them because He will father you in that. And man, it was. It was the best trip I'd had home to my parents' house in probably 20 years mm. because of the advanced words. It's not until this conversation that I've really, for the first time, seen 
I guess, recognize how valuable advanced words are and just diffusing potential warfare. Like those agreements, mm. they just don't have the power yep. to come in and take hold when yeah. you've already heard from God. Yeah. And the enemy will just present you all kinds of things. But if you've already heard, mm. hey, you're you're not a screw up. You're right. doing well. Like yeah. I get that a lot when we go on mission and we're praying for just personal advanced words where God's like, I love you. I'm on your side. You're, you will walk well in this and do not mm. agree with diminishment or shame. And so every time that that tries to present itself, mm. it just doesn't have the power because mm. God's already spoken to it. And yeah. I'm not in, you know, in, in that place of just the fog of war where I just can't, you know, it would be very difficult in those moments to backtrack and go, oh, God, what, you know, speak know. to this because it's just so heated in the moment. Um, one of the one of the ways that God has really saved me with some advanced words recently, our, our family did a, a trip to Hawaii this last fall. And it was a long, long time dream. This was almost 10 years of, we'd love to do this. We'd love to take our whole family. And finally this last year it came to fruition and we're able to stay with some good friends over there and, and God made a way. And so going into it, you know, we had set aside two weeks and that's a long time to be on vacation and in one place and it just it felt big and it felt like it was at stake in terms of it going well and oh, being totally. a good experience and totally and so going into it um i was just asking god for some counsel on it and i had already started kind of planning out the two weeks you know we're gonna do this this day and that that day and i better go call this place and make a reservation for that and and uh, when I checked in with God, he said, don't over plan this. Wow. And oh my gosh, what, what an absolute rescue it was for the trip. Mm. How counterintuitive. Oh, it's it, for me, being somewhat of a planner, it, very counterintuitive. But also what I didn't realize is I was going to the land of Aloha. And it's a culture where they, they don't put a lot of planning into things yeah. and so if you go in to that culture with that mindset and that that was one of the things that we really wanted over there was we wanted time with our friends and some other friends that are that live there and are you know enculturated in hawaii and if we had tried to lay a planned out scheduled out to the max thing onto that, we would have missed out on so many mm. beautiful mm. relational experiences over mm. there. It was such a rescue. And one of the days we didn't have anything major planned and we got up that morning and it, the winds were just howling on the north side of the island. And we had planned to do a lot of, lot of things on that side of the island. We're hoping to do a lot of things on that side of the island, but we didn't, hadn't scheduled anything there and so we were free to go where where do we go to get out of the wind and sam was like go go south go down into kona and the way the volcano is set there the the wind kind of gets blocked and you don't get it further south down there and so so we went down to this bay and we thought well let's let's just go down there i think we could rent 
paddle boards and do a day of stand-up paddle boarding. We'll just get a couple boards and share as a family. There's five of us in the family. And so we get down there and the kids get in the water. They're doing some snorkeling and I'm looking out in this bay and, and there's waves breaking out in the bay and there's people on surfboards surfing. And I realize, oh, that's a, that's a surf school, which is right next to the beach here. And those people are doing surf lessons. And it's the same people who rent the stand-up paddle boards. Mm. So we go over to the shop and walk in and introduce ourselves to the guy. And, and he goes, hey, do you guys want to do surf lessons? We're just finishing the one we did. And we've got another one starting. It wasn't in our plan. I didn't plan for it, but checked in with God. And he's mm. like, do it, do mm. it. And so we did a surf lesson and we got out in the ocean mm. And all five of us like had the, the most giddy, incredible experience of our lives as a, as a family, Mm. all five of us rode waves and there were multiple times. And so like in in one moment I'd be standing on my board, riding this wave and Isaac, my eight year olds standing on a board right next to me, riding the same wave. And then another time it was me and Mel and she's right next to me riding the wave. And we're just laughing and cracking up and having this amazing time. Mm. So God just, God rescued that trip with that advance word and, um, and just provided these, these moments. And there's a lot more stories from that trip, but that was just a highlight where it, it wouldn't have happened, you know, if he hadn't intervened and given me that word, because I probably would have, would have had that day planned and we would have yeah. been you know, on yeah. some windy beach because we had scheduled it and yep. put it together. Doggone it, that's in the plan. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's huge. I'm just thinking of all the different scenarios, like when you have something important going on, when you're going to be with family, but also joy. Mm-hmm. You know, how, how crucial has this become over the years in securing joy and protecting joy and finding joy to ask, ask for those advanced words ahead of time. And all the plans I've had that Jesus goes, yeah, no, that's not, that's not a good idea. Right. Right. And, yeah. and all the plans I haven't had that, that he goes, yeah, no, you, you ought to go do that thing. Yeah. And you go, really? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in it. I've got something good for you. And joy. I never would have experienced had I not asked. Right. Well, and it's, John, as you're saying that, yeah, sometimes it's God saying, no, don't do what you thought you wanted to do or were going to do. And sometimes it's the opposite. And to me, that's one way to authenticate and know I'm hearing God's voices. It's not what I think I want. It's not some positive saying. What it is, is it's the living God coming in and engaging. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's almost always unpredictable. Mm-hmm. And so for listeners, I I do think it's not, what we're not saying is, what do you really want to do? And then just think it enough and ask God to bless it and and run with it. It's, it's saying, this is an adventure, Mm. ask, and you'll, you'll be so surprised by what you Mm -hmm. hear often because it isn't coming from you Yes, and it isn't what you think you should do. Yeah. It's, it's what God's inviting you into. Yeah. Mm. And, and then once you have those plans, you know, you, you know, you're going home this summer. For a family reunion, you 
are thinking about making a job change. You already know that you're going to finally buy a house. You, you know, once you have those plans, what we're saying is then ask God ahead of time to speak into that event. Like before you're in it and before there's all the emotion and all that kind of thing, like let him speak into it. Ask for what we call advance words. And back in the Craig story uh, last summer, you know, we we got the phone call that his cancer had, you know, morphed into lymphoma and, and that he had maybe six to eight weeks. And the first thing I did is I and Jesus, give me your interpretation. Like literally right away. Mm. Like you gotta catch my heart. And what was interesting is Jesus said, wait. I'm like, wait. He's like, just wait. Don't go anywhere with this right now. And by that, he was keeping me from running the story out, trying to figure out how it's gonna end, anticipate all of that, you know, um, because the story had about six different wrinkles to it still yeah. mm-hmm. and it was up and down and it was good news then bad news and it, and and jesus knew i was going to be on this roller coaster of emotion right and he just said just wait just wait just don't do anything with this information right now and mm-hmm. and that was such yeah. a rescue and then later in the summer back to joy we were hoping to do a family trip up to the Tetons, uh, which has been a tradition in our household for 19 years. And we hike and we swim and we picnic and stuff. And uh, it just, it just didn't fit. It just didn't Mm. look like it was going to work. And I'm like, well, you know, that's over. And, but I asked, I said, Jesus, you know, what do you want us to do? And he's like, oh, I want you to go. Yeah. I'm like, really? (laughs) Yeah, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm like, okay. You know, it (laughs) felt counterintuitive, but uh, and not all the family was able to go this time, which is why we were thinking we wouldn't go at all, but a few of us could go, and and we needed it. We needed that after after the summer, and we needed the beauty. We needed the restoration in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, too, John, as you tell that story, like, and I, I would imagine, similar to me, it, a lot of what I hear in advanced words nowadays is actually coming out of a ongoing, continued conversational intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are those moments where like you've got a plan and you know, it's coming and you know, you'll sit down and have an intentional time of yeah. going into that. But, but even more so what I'm finding is, the, the everyday walking with God mm. as as you mm. as you check in with God throughout the day on all the things that are happening and yeah. begin to allow yourself to be led by God and the decisions you're making and the things you're feeling and and what's happening to you throughout the day. Advanced words are coming as part of just that ongoing conversation with God. We have a lunch appointment this afternoon, and several of us are sitting down to think through uh, something new that we're doing uh, that's coming up at Ransomed Heart, a new new project. And I can feel I have a lot of thoughts about that. Yeah. And just the rescue it is to go, those are valuable. I'm not saying saying those aren't valuable. Um, Some of those may even be from God. 
he cares about our thoughts. He cares about our desires. We're not saying you you just shoot yeah. all that, but I'm also aware of how differently this is going to go mm-hmm. because we're going to ask. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not just going to quote brainstorm, right? You know, uh, and how many ministries do that? It's just yeah, you just brainstorm. Oh yeah, versus you know Jesus. What are you saying yeah. about this? I was in that place at one time in my life. <laughs> I, I worked for a large Christian organization, and I, I don't remember one time sitting down in a meeting to pray and ask God, God, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, most most meetings look like this. You walk in the room, and someone go, you know, whoever the leader is goes, hey, guys, let's get started. Uh, hey, would you pray? And someone would kind of, as you call it, John, cut flower prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, hey, hey, God, thanks for being with us. And you just pray you'd lead us and bless this conversation. And and then you spend an hour. Now let's get down to business. Yeah, you spend an hour brainstorming yeah. and, yeah. you know, maybe beating each other up, you know, trying to prove your point and uh, finally someone would win Mm -hmm. the conversation and you'd have a decision. And if you thought about it, you might pause and ask God to bless that decision. But we never asked him, is this the right decision? Right. Is this what you want us to do? Right. So man, like I said earlier, it's, it's a revolution. Like if you let this be a category for your life, like the rescues and what it will do for mm. your conversational intimacy mm. with God. Mm. And when you know ahead of time there's a mission or a vacation or something huge, sometimes there's weeks or months to pray into the, the advance words and ask for that. Sometimes you're walking in from a hard day at the office and you're coming through the door to wife and kids and it's 10 seconds. Like it's, mm. God, how, should I approach this with my wife? Should I not? Should I address this with my kids or not? What does the family need right now? So sometimes advanced words, God can rescue you in the minute. Mm-hmm. And so it's not mm-hmm. always months or weeks of praying. Sometimes it's in that moment. Should I say this or not say this? Should, mm-hmm. I, should I bring kindness here or should I confront here? Yeah. And so that's the beauty, I think, with God. And mm. he gave me a word uh, a few years ago. And the word was more of a theme for the year. This was three, four years ago. And the word was home. And that was the only word mm. I got in advance. Well, I, you know, if, if you're not careful, you can go home. Well, let's get a new home. That sounds pretty <laughs> <laughs> like you, you can take the word and try to make it happen. Yeah. Or you can take the word in and be watchful and expectant for what God will do and what he's inviting you into. And it turned out that year there was no new home and there was... That wasn't the point. The point was he was inviting me into deeper sonship. He was calling me home mm. as a son. Mm. And it was it was an amazing year of learning how to be a son. Mm-hmm. But if I had taken that word and said, is this human nature? Okay, I got it. Home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that's permission to make something happen with the home. We'll right. remodel the home. Right. Whatever. I would have missed it all. <laughs> yeah. So it's getting sometimes an advanced word and then finding out along the way, what does that really mean? Yeah. Yeah. So friends, what we are hoping to entice you with today is the wisdom, the playfulness, the joy, 
the rescues of asking God for advance words, which is a little different than asking for direction or, you know, God's guidance. I think I think people are kind of locked into that. Yes, you know, searching for guidance. Mm-hmm. This is a little different. We're letting God shape your expectations or your approach to something that's already happening. Mm-hmm. You know, something, you've got a family dinner coming up. You've got a tough conversation with your 16-year-old daughter. You, you know, before that, ask ask him, Lord, what are you saying about this? What do you shape shape this for me? Interpret ahead of time. And uh, we think that it will make an enormous difference. We know it will. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with Alex Burton, Alan Arnold, and John Eldridge. And, you know, if this has pricked your interest, man, we got a lot on this gang. We've got the book Walking with God uh, has a curriculum with it. We have an audio series on conversational intimacy and this is woven into so many places in our material. But if you wanted to go deeper into that, those two places would probably start you out as well. Thanks for listening.